We are live. All righty. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. It is May 22nd, and we're back for another weekly dose of the podcast. So, you know, we've got to talk about numbers a little bit, and I know it's not sexy, and I know it's not something everybody loves, but... In times like these, when the ground is a little shaky and it's a little more difficult to find the loads that you want, um, and you've got to know what's it cost. What does it cost to run my truck? What does my <clears throat> what does my business need? And you know, Larry is a numbers guy. And I like numbers. Um, and, uh, you know, Larry uses QuickBooks and, and does what we'll call proper accounting. Um, I used profit gauges and I had... Um, half-assed accounting. Half-assed accounting, right. Um, <laughs> which is better than nothing, right? And, and, and the... The nothing is what we've got to address here. Okay. So <clears throat> every week, Larry puts out a, uh, a report to the fleet about fuel mileage. And he, we track the 90 day average, we track the weekly fuel mileage, and we, we track the cost per mile per truck every week. And <clears throat> if you're one of my drivers right now and you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to call me, and I'm a little busy, you need to call Seth. Um, so anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> My phone's ringing. Um, we see this every week. Well, one of the, the interesting things to come out of that is that in almost every case, with a little variance, the fuel surcharge right now is paying for our fuel. Uh, last week, I believe the best truck cost per mile was 64 cents and the worst was 80. Um, so that means that you average that out. The fuel surcharge is paying for our fuel. So that got me to thinking. And so I did a little digging and without going into all the details, I went back to May of 2014 when I was a brand new BCO. I'd been at Landstar about six weeks and I took a group of loads and I did a little bit of analysis. And what I found was my fuel cost in May of 2014 was 55 cents a mile and the fuel surcharge was 55 cents a mile. So I could do those exact same loads that I did at the exact same line haul rate and do them today. And the profit would be the exact same. It would be identical from eight years ago to today, same loads, same freight, same lane, same everything except the fuel surcharge adjusted from what it was then to what it was now, and my profit would have been the same. Now, here's the big picture. The reason that I was able to perform that analysis, I still have every email. I still have every freight bill. I still have a spreadsheet on my computer of all the loads that I did then. So, it, it, so at least I can say for myself that <clears throat> I kept my records, you know, and I think that record keeping, what I'm seeing among our people that come through the program 
is they're not taking advantage of the opportunity to practice that record keeping because you can't do the, you can't do the proper accounting like he does without the record keeping, tracking the fuel receipts, tracking the fuel purchases, tracking the tolls, doing the work weekly so that you have some record to go back to and then put that into your accounting system to do your proper accounting to send off to the account. So <clears throat> that's kind of what we need to talk about. It's just the nuts and bolts. And it's, and it's pretty simple. You know, it, the, with the phones the way they are now, whether you're Android or iPhone, these phones have a file management system built in. They've got scanning built in. They've got spreadsheets built in. So it doesn't matter. We're Apple people, so I've got iPads and iPhones. But I can scan documents with my phone, save them into a folder. You don't even need to have like an external service like a Dropbox. We use Dropbox because it's cross-platform. But if you're just tracking your own stuff, use iCloud, use Google Drive, use whatever your phone does. But you need to be keeping a digital copy of every receipt. You need to be keeping digital copies of your freight bills. You need to be keeping digital copies of your proofs of delivery. You need to be keeping digital copies of your tolls. You need to be keeping digital copies of your logs. If there's a record, you need to have a copy of it. Because if it ain't wrote down, it didn't happen. So why don't you dive in a little bit? Because <clears throat> say, I could do the record keeping. I just didn't do the other side of it. Well, let's... Let me back up a couple steps because I am a numbers guy and you're not used to this, but we now have sponsors and they expect oh. certain things. So first right. thing we're going to start out with is that we are sponsored by Pittsburgh Power, OPS, and Max Mileage Fuel Catalyst. So get that out of the way first. <clears throat> I did put them on the screen. <clears throat> I appreciate that. Um, second of all, as William always reminds us, be sure and subscribe and hit like. Uh, it's really important now since we do have sponsors and we've got three or four others that are wanting to participate. We're just having to negotiate what that looks like. So, but this helps us. So now that we're doing this once a week, it's, um, you know, I mean, we, we enjoy doing it. We, it, 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 but now we have to do it. And so we need to kind of, this has to kind of become a little bit more of a revenue stream for us. So, you guys liking and subscribing and keeping our analytics up help us on that end of it and help make us more motivated to do this and, um, and other things. So anyway, let's talk about that. So let me go back. You know, uh, people talk about the kind of trucks that we drive and the, and, and, and the lunatic thing. And the, the, the only reason we do what we do is to keep the numbers down. I mean, we have proven time and time again since 2008 for me. That um, driving older trucks and um, paid for older trucks um, keep our numbers down. Um, we've got a, a person, a BCO right this minute that can't get a part for her 2016, 15 Cascadia. And the nearest projection is sometime next year. So she wants to come and drive one of our trucks because she can't drive her own. So, um, so when you, when, when we talk about this, it's not like we want to be like these dinosaurs or we want to be like these drive these old trucks. This is what makes sense, especially now, but it makes sense all the time. It just makes a hell of a lot more sense right now. So, uh, let's just kind of talk, you know, let's, let's understand why we do what we do. 
Now, the other side of this is the record-keeping thing that Chris wants to talk about tonight. You know, record-keeping, again, it's, there's two reasons to keep records. One, the IRS requires it. And number two, it gives you the opportunity to analyze your operation. You know, I see these guys every day on Facebook talking about how they can't pull this freight. But yet the, none of them know exactly what they pay for fuel. None of them have any idea what it costs them to drive the truck a mile. But yet they think, and of course, it's really, really popular to get on this bandwagon again of uh, let the shit sit on the dock. And we, you know, if we let it sit there long enough, the rates will go up. Well, that, that won't work ever. Okay. Never has worked. Never will work. The market sets the rate, not you, not the dock, not the broker that somebody will haul that freight. You're just the, the only person you're, you're hurting is you. Okay. Uh, I, I hate to disappoint you. All right. But that's the only way it's going to, the only person that's going to hurt is you. Now the record keeping, you know, it, it's like keeping, it's like being in a, in a sport and not keeping score. I mean, how do you know who won if you don't keep score? And this situation is very, very elementary. You know, first of all, everything you spend in the process of conducting your business is deductible, but you have to be able to stand up to audit. Okay. If you've never sat through an IRS audit, you will, this will be one thing you come out of there with. You'll never throw a receipt away again. I can guarantee that. Okay. Unless you just like giving the IRS your money, because if you can substantiate the receipt, the receipt, then that becomes a deductible business expense. And all these things that you pay for during the year that you just throw away or don't keep track of, um, you're just costing yourself that deduction. Um, you know, you, you beat up a, 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 an agent for a quarter for a load, and then you throw away hundreds of dollars worth of receipts because you don't keep up with your records. You know? So that's the one, that's one thing is, is having the, um, the records to go back and, 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 and stand up to an audit, you know, um, you know, it, 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 and, and at the very end of the year, uh, to be able to take it to your tax person and let that become a, a legitimate deduction. So, um, now dog food is not a security deduction. Okay. Got news for you. Okay. <clears throat> but an alarm system is so anything you spend legitimately in the course of doing business can, it can be a deduction. And there are some things you can, there's some, there are some things you can do that kind of push the envelope a little bit. Like a lot of times when I travel, I'll go do business, you know, I mean, I'm always looking to buy trucks, you know, I'm always looking to, you know, to, um, you know, for other business opportunities. So if I travel and I happen to be going to Wellington, Florida to play golf, listen, there's lots of de uh, dealerships, truck dealerships down there that I can go in there and get a business card and, talk a little bit about that. And, um, guess what? That, that, that day now became a deduction. So, um, the more aggressive you get within reason, the more money you're going to save, uh, from paying uncle Sam. So let's get back to the, 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 what we do with the records. I mean, once we, once you get in the discipline of keeping them and oh, by the way, this digital thing is the only way to go because those, thermal paper receipts they'll be gone by the time you have your audit they'll be clear and that will help you none mark the tape 11 minutes 45 seconds i was right thank you <laughs> so um you know it's easy to take a you know take a scan with your with your phone nowadays 
You know, it's very easy. And yep. that, and that's never going away. And it doesn't take up a lot of space. You know, that's a story. You know, we were talking to our guys today about logs. You know, I, I've, um, I download and archive all of our logs. We, well, we now have 14 trucks. It's getting a little cumbersome for me. And these guys are supposed to be learning how to do this anyway. So we put the edict out today that uh, they're going to have to start downloading their own logs. Well, one of our persons goes, well, I'll just, uh, uh, I'll just print them. I'm like, no, you really don't want to do that because every day is two pages. And uh, that's going to be hundreds of pages. That, and there's no reason to do that. The IRS will accept the digital file just as easy as they will the prefer it actually than the paper. So, uh, and you go in there looking like you got your, you know, your stuff together as opposed to, you know, everything being in a big, you know, that big box thing that that's not intimidate them. That just makes them stay in your house a lot longer. So, right. And, um, you know, you want them out as soon as you can, you know, the, the longer they hang out with you, the, the worse that outcome likely to be. Okay. Um, so anyway, so, so we're in the habit of keeping records. What do we do with them? Well, the, the first thing we want to do with them is try to figure out if you're making any money. Okay. So we want to take those records. We want to divide them up. Now you guys are at Landstar or really anybody that's leased to a carrier. Your, your settlement is going to be your income records. Okay. Uh, most everything that you bring in is going to come in through a settlement. So that one's pretty easy. You don't really have to, I mean, it's kind of saved for you. I'm sure that you get it digitally or through email. So that one's not very hard to, to save. Uh, so the income side usually is there. It's just the other stuff that's not. And, uh, and Ken just mentioned everything's but, uh, bought with a bank card. That's great, except the statement itself is not sufficient for the IRS. It has to have the receipt stating what it is, you know. So um, the, the card statement helps, but I would organize that by having the um, all the individual transactions uh, saved with that uh, statement um, because the statement in itself will, will not will not meet the audit requirements so um, and this ultimately goes to habit right we we preach at our guys <clears throat> scan your fuel receipt before you leave the fuel island because if you don't you throw it up on the dash you throw it up on the seat it's gone if, you know, so, I mean, anybody that goes anywhere with me sees me, a, a clerk hands me a receipt, I lay it on the counter, and I scan it right then because I know, number one, if it gets shoved in my pocket, it's going to be tore all up, and the scan's going to look like crap, and that irritates the crap out of me. Or if I stick it in my pocket, it gets washed in the washing machine. So... This is as much about daily habits that create the opportunity for you to once a week go in and do all of your, your, you know, do a little expense report, you know, do a, you know, when your settlement comes in, enter your settlement and do it that day, have it a habit. I'm going to do my settlements on Wednesday. I'm going to do my fuel reconciliation over the weekend, uh, but every single day, you've got to have that habit of saving that receipt. And you only need, what, maybe four or five folders in your digital file, one for fuel receipts, one for maintenance receipts. You know, you can come up with the categories. And then once a week, you can take those receipts that haven't been accounted for yet and maybe have a subfolder inside that folder. And then you just slide them over and you're done. 
but you've got to create the daily habits that create the opportunity to do the weekly and the monthly, because if you don't, then you're going to get to, oh, it's my day to do my expense report and I have no receipts and I don't know where they went. So screw it. I'll just worry about it later. And then three months has passed and you've got nothing but a big pile of crap. And then, you know, Larry needs to go into, especially for those of you at Landstar, number one, understanding your settlement. There's just a whole bunch of people that don't understand the settlement. And two, don't know how to know that I got paid wrong. I got paid, I didn't get paid enough. A trip didn't pay. Or I got charged for something I didn't do. Or I didn't get charged for something I did do. Uh, tracking detention and truck ordered not used and all that kind of stuff. You know, but my my thing is daily habits. And if you're a blue ribbon driver right now, you need to be practicing daily habits so that when you become a driver all, or an owner operator, all you have to do is turn off our key, turn your key on and everything stays the same. So back to the categories, um, you know, there, honestly, you really only have to have two categories. I mean, the most simple accounting system on earth is income in one hand, expenses in the other. That's really the only thing you have to have. But the other part of why we're, besides meeting the IRS requirements, the other reason for doing this and the biggest benefit to you is being able to analyze your operation, you know, being able to look and see, you know, Chris talked about this 2014 thing with the fuel situation. I took, I looked today, I looked at the same uh, to up until May 22nd of last year and fuel was nothing like it was this year. Okay. We're within one percentage point of our percentage of fuel to net, uh, to gross revenue. Um, this year to last year, where's one, and we have 14 trucks now. We only had probably seven this time last year. So what the what the point I'm trying to make is the the fuel surcharge has kept our cost of fuel as a represent as a percentage of income within one percent of what it was last year with almost double the trucks. Okay. Now, now you wouldn't think that that could be possible. I mean, if you're doing this from what you think or what you feel, because every day you read about how you know, fuel's putting truckers out of business. It's even on the national news. We're going to run the truckers out of business. What the hell are we going to do? Well, it, it, the fuel's not going to run you out of business if you're getting a fuel surcharge. And you're getting a decent enough fuel mileage to make the surcharge pay for your fuel. That's another reason to understand what your fuel cost per mile is so that you know whether or not you're getting enough fuel mileage to cover the cost of your truck. So, you know, all this stuff kind of integrates with each other. But the bottom line is, the ha first of all, the habit of, of keeping the record, getting the record, number one. Number two, now what do we do with them? Well, we got to organize ourselves, okay? So you literally could take an, a, an expanding folder. You literally could take every receipt and stick it in a little compartment in that folder labeled something, okay? Again, that's very elementary. It works it, it, as long as you work it. Here's the other thing, though, because, you know, people are going to say, well, I just send all my stuff to ATBS. And that's fine. That's fine. Here's the problem with that, though. Number one, ATBS is a room full of data entry. Now, look, I use a national payroll company, not 
if I don't check every one of those entries on the payroll, I'm going to pay somebody wrong. Most, most weeks I'm not because the numbers don't mean anything to them. It's just numbers on a calculator. If they put in $2,000 to $200, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, I, it, I get done with this payroll, start on the next one. That's the same with ATBS. They put in the numbers, they put them in data entry. People put them in. Okay. Go, go, go hire a data entry person and see what you get, especially today. Okay. It's almost as bad as somebody that you get from McDonald's. All right. Their accuracy is horrendous. Now it's your truck. It's your numbers. You will do a much better job of doing it. And if it comes up a thousand dollars off, you'll recognize it because you'll go, wait a minute. I didn't spend that. That can't be right. You know, just like when I look at my settlement from Landstar, I look at it and go, this can't be right. You know, oh, by the way, you, you BCOs, did, did any of you catch the fact that almost every truck got a refund last week for fuel tax for March? Do you might catch that? I'll watch and see what the comments say. Almost every truck got a, got a refund. If you ran in Maryland and Georgia, got a refund last week from your March IFTA. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but <clears throat> where was I, Chris? Was um, that some kind of calculation error? What, what was that no, about? No, no. The, the system, the, it, it, the, they had to go in and manually re pull out the Georgia and Maryland tax because they know there's oh, no. Oh, right. They're not charging a tax. So the system won't do it. It had to be manually be done. Gotcha. So, um, you know, so uh, it had, and so it just, we just got it last week. Okay. So. Now, it took me a little while to, I, I had to look at it, wipe my eyes a little bit, because I don't normally get, you know, refunds like that. I mean, some of them were a couple hundred bucks a truck, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm checking to make sure this is good, okay? And uh, I started looking, and sure enough, it, uh, it, it was real. And, um, but I'll also tell you this, you're going to get a lot of tolls. We have transponders in every truck, but yet every couple of weeks I get a toll by plate. And... That really shouldn't be since every one of my trucks has a transponder. And what I find out is that, and, and, and by the way, when, by the time the toll gets to you from Landstar, it's a $5 toll is now $50. Okay. Mm -hmm. $50 toll is now $200. All right. So by the time you find you, they get a pay it, it's already incurred every penalty it can incur. And so they just take it out of your settlement. They don't call you. They don't check with you. They just take it out of your settlement. And so, and, and, and they, they just wait to see who squeals. Okay. Well, listen, <laughs> they don't have to wait long for me. All right. So, um, but I find a toll by plate often, you know, and so I'll call and there's a, I'm not going to say her name because y'all can figure her out. There's somebody there that you call and she'll send you the, re, the, that toll receipt. Well, guess what? I've got GPS trackers in all the trucks. We know exactly what trailer. We, we maintain a, a spreadsheet of every trailer on every truck, every drop and hook. And I can go through on this day on that GPS because these toll things are time date stamped. And they've got a picture of the tractor, but not necessarily a picture of the trailer. And even if they do, it doesn't matter because I can prove that I didn't have that trailer anywhere near that place on that toll booth and get the money back. So anyway, we're, we're kind of getting off the subject here. <clears throat> But organizing your receipt so that you have categories. Now, I said the simplest thing is one for income, one for expense. That will work because you'll be able to add up all your expenses, all your income, and you go, wait a minute, I made money or I didn't make money, right? 
But the problem with that is you can't analyze what the expenses are and whether or not they're in line and whether or not you're benchmarking, you know, with, you know, the uh, other people in the industry. That's one good thing about ATBS is the benchmarking. You get those reports back that's got a smiley face or a frowny face. That's comparing your numbers to everybody else that they do. That, in my opinion, that's the only thing good that they do. But anyway, that's another topic. So, but the more categories you have, the more you can track things. Now, I'm going to show you my chart of accounts, not to frighten you, but to under, much understand that the more sub accounts you have, the more ability you have to be able to analyze. So, Chris, can I screen share? Yeah, just hit, just hit share right there in the middle on and the I bottom. Can, I can pick which screen? Yeah. I don't see what I want to share. When you, when you hit share screen, look up where it says entire screen or window. And you should be able to show uh, the, choose the window, which would be QuickBooks. No, I'm showing Excel. Excel, okay. Well, <clears throat> do you see it? I don't. Well, I, it says Chrome has lost permission to share your screen. No. This isn't going to work, is it? No. All right. Well, anyway, sorry about that, guys. Well, so what? Didn't what you, but didn't you send me that once? Chart of accounts. I think you did. I bet I have it. Keep talking and I'll find it. Well, what I do is I've got major categories. And I'll run down a few of them. Okay. Then we're not going to talk about it. Well, we can. We can. Let's talk about income first. Okay. Because if you're really interested in understanding what your source of income are, you've got line haul, obviously, you've got fuel surcharge, and you've got accessorials, okay? Um, so you at least want to have those categories under income. That way you can track uh, how much of the, of the money that you're getting is fuel surcharge, how much of it is. It. And that's broken down on, for you on the, on the settlement anyway. So we're just taking those numbers and keeping them separate. But when you get into the fuel, I mean, to the expense side, of course, fuel is our number one expense. So that's the number one expense that I, that I set up. But I don't just track the expense. I track the IFTA. I track the fuel discount. I track the, uh, the mileage and add Valorum. There we go. Can you make it bigger? Yeah, I'm working on it. And you're going to have to drive it, right? I can't drive it? Correct. Okay. I'm trying to find the Zoom function in Excel. Well, it's, it's down at the bottom. There's a, it's right oh, here. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this first stuff, here's what we call um, balance sheet stuff. And when you, when you, um, when you reconcile your, your checkbook, you're going to reconcile those accounts right there. Those are the accounts that, that I maintain. So scroll on down to the four thousands. Okay. We don't need to get in the, in the that's, that's way in the weeds for beginning class. By the way, if you want to learn more about this, um, at our live event on July 16, 17, there'll be an optional event on Saturday night. I'm going to teach um, accounting. So um, if you guys want to uh, get into this and get nerd level, um, we'll do that on Saturday night. So. so there you go. There's fuel. So I've got the cost of diesel. I've got the cost of DEF. I've got the cost of reefer broken out. And then we deduct your discount or your rebates. And then, Chris, I need you to scroll. Then we enter in the, the, uh, the, either the, the credit 
or the debit from your IFTA return. And then we enter in the credit or the debit from your mileage and ad valorem expense. So when it's all said and done, you now have a net fuel figure. Okay. Um, then if we keep on going, there's, I've got oil and additives. I've got all these different categories that we have expenses in. Okay. So you put these receipts in these categories. Okay. And, um, and then however often you want to do your bookkeeping, you just enter the amounts from these receipts into these accounts on your accounting system. This is called a chart of accounts. Every bookkeeping system or accounting system has a chart of accounts. Even profit gauges has a chart of accounts. They're just called categories and subcategories. So would you, if you were setting up an iCloud or a Google Drive or a Dropbox, would you have them do a folder for all of these 5,000s and yeah. then one for, okay. Yeah. That would be, that would make your, your, your input a lot easier. You know, obviously the more you separate them, the, the easier it is to do it. Okay. So, um, but again, remember if you're just starting, you're not doing anything right now, a folder with all of them in there, uh, is better than not having them at all. Okay. Uh, remember I've been doing this for 40 some years. So, um, I don't expect everybody to, to be able to do this right off the bat, but this is what you're, if you can reach this, and look, there's nothing hard about this. It's just numbers, okay? If you can reach this level, though, I'll tell you what, your accountant will surely, will, will really like you, and, and it will be reflected in her fee or his fee. Um, by the way, I tried to get um, some, bit. I tried to, I asked my accountant if she wanted me to promote her, uh, as, um, as an, uh, you know, a, 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 a person that could, that would do taxes or accounting for truckers. And she said, absolutely not, not unless you're doing their books. If you're doing their books, I will be glad to do it. So, um, but anyway, that's supposed to be a compliment to me, I think, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, for example, here's communication, you know, we got cell phones, we got ELD airtime, you got prepass, you got your satellite radio. Transflow fee, all those are communication expenses. Um, you know, you can see, y'all can see these, these basic expense accounts. The numbering, that's just up to you. Now, in QuickBooks, you do have to, for your balance sheet to work out, you do have to stay inside the major groups. Otherwise, it won't pull to the balance sheet correctly. So you got to kind of keep in, in um, format. Uh, and there's sample like, uh, chart accounts that come with it. But don't change the numbers around, like don't start putting legal and accounting at 6,000 way up with the 1,000s. That won't work. It's got to stay, all expenses are five or yeah, 5,000 and bigger. Uh, income's 4,000 and all the balance sheet stuff's 1,000 to 3,000. But if you don't understand that, you know, we can, we can talk about it. But, but the most important thing though is having these categories where you can start putting your stuff in there. Here you go. Here's your office and home expenses. Okay. So if you've got a mortgage, you got utilities, you got property insurance, real estate tax, whatever percentage that your office and home occupies of your house exclusively, you can deduct these percentages. My office takes up 23% of my, um, my, uh, real, my, uh, square footage. So 23% of all those expenses are deductible to me. Now, I don't, I don't, you don't only do that, that one right here, you only do it at the end of the year. You don't need to do it every week or whatever. There's no reason to do that. Non-commercial, if you got your personal vehicle, 
So like when Chris runs around and gets uh, parts in his truck, uh, that fuel for his truck goes right there. You know, it's non-commercial vehicle expenses, maintenance. You know, if I maintain um, my vehicle, um, whatever percentage that's for business is, um, is in there. Now the IRS lets you do this two ways. You can do it by the receipts or you can do it by the mile, either one. They'll accept either one. And, um, so we're kind of at the end of this thing, but, um, you know, interest, if you're paying interest, um, you know, you get a contractor loan, that interest is deductible. Uh, if you're paying interest to your bank, uh, or a credit card, that's deductible. So that's where these places go. Claims, if you have to pay any freight claims, that's deductible. Now, I've got a place for fines and penalties. I do that to account for them, but they are not deductible with the IRS, okay? But I do, I do account for them in case we, you know, so I know where that money went, if we have any. So Is that fine, like an overweight fine? Or- yeah, or any kind of fine. Any kind of fine at all. I mean, whatever, you know. Uh, but, but the IRS will not let you deduct fines. So, so this is my accounting system. Uh, you know, you know, obviously you're, if anybody would like to see this, I'd be glad to email it to them. Um, and, uh, this is just, uh, um, now of course this is going to be overkill for a lot of you guys that have just started, but look, if you've got a pretty, if you're a pretty good record keeper already, uh, this will get you, you know, there's a term that accountants use. It's called Generally Accepted Principles of Accounting, GAPA, GAPA. Um, QuickBooks is, uh, meets the GAPA requirements. This chart of accounts will meet the GAPA requirements. Your accountant will be impressed, you know, if you were to show up with this. So, uh, But the other part of this is now what do we do? Okay, we've got our categories. We've got our receipts. What do we do? Well, ever so often, uh, you're going to have to sit down and take those receipts and enter them in so that they show up as numbers in this spreadsheet, you know? Um, and, uh, the more often you do that, the more often you have the results of this. Let me give an example. We've, we've talked about this before, but last year, again, we only had probably at March of last year, we probably had five or six, seven trucks. Okay. And <clears throat> I do my accounting every Wednesday. I settle with my settlement with Landstar is Wednesday. So I do my accounting Wednesday, pretty much Wednesday morning. And then, of course, I have to do my payroll, too. So I've got a lot of, a lot of mouths here to feed. Um, but last March or so, I noticed that our uh, tolls as a percentage of revenue were way, way higher than what I would expect and have, have experienced. And even making uh, accommodations for the fact that we have more trucks in March of last year than we did the year before, uh, you know, uh, per, uh, projecting it out, we were going to be spending a, probably, I think we were at that time, we were talking about $40,000 in tolls, which was un, it was just, it's just out. <laughs> I can't even say the word. It's, it's, um, it's unacceptable. How about that? So, um, we had a little powwow, you know, with everybody and said, look, you know, it's really easy for you guys to blow through these uh, cash boxes when you're not reaching in your pocket and pulling out any money. And this little transponder just, just eats it, you know, except I've got to pay that. So we, we raised the awareness of what tolls cost and we talked about routing. And then does it, does it make sense to take other routes? And, and so, so we started, ha- people started having to make the decision. 
Well, now by the end of the year with 14 trucks, our tolls were no, our tolls were like less than, I think they were less than 20 grand for the whole year, you know, with double the trucks. But I would never have known that if I didn't do my numbers on a regular basis. I, if you, if you send your stuff off to ATBS and they send you that little packet back of your reports and you throw them in a box and go, well, I'll take that to my account at the end of the year and never open it and look into it. You would never have caught that, you know? Um, so, I mean, it, it accounting, uh, accounting takes the feeling away from making decisions and brings it back down to, you know, uh, what's real as opposed to what you feel. And most of the time that is significantly different uh, once you get the empirical data as opposed to just, ah, I think we're doing okay. You know, I've got money in my pocket. We must be making money. And then you start doing this. And you go, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm not. Um, so that's, that's the reason for doing this. Now, let's, let's bring it back to, again, the, the underlying reason still, okay? The more that you have, um, I, we use this term all the time, performance. When performance is measured, performance improves. OK, well, when you start measuring your performance by looking at these numbers, you'll you're get you get more conscious of those and you get more conscious of how to affect them. That's the big thing. OK, um, if you're not paying attention to what fuel costs, which I can't imagine by doing that right now. But if you don't understand that you can buy fuel at a lot of places that are cheaper than just picking one because of the way the showers are, um, you know, th that's what this does is it shows you what you're spending for these things. And then you start looking at what, so what could I spend when we talk about tires and modifications and things we do to trucks? Okay. You start looking at your tire expense. All right. And you know, you're, you're replacing steers every year or something, and we're getting three years out of ours. We're, 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 our expense is one third of what yours is. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do it by, Doing, doing certain things. We, 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 we change our, we modify our behavior to make those tires last longer. Um, if your tires are costing you a, a buck, I mean, a mile per gallon in fuel, because you don't understand that all tires aren't created equal and you look up and your fuel cost is out of sight and you, and you look and you could, I could have saved $5,500 this year had I had the right tires. It would have been, I could have, I could have thrown the ones I have in the ditch and bought them and still saved money. But all these things aren't even available to you if you don't understand what you're spending. So it's just a way of, of getting, helping you understand that controlling cost. Number one is going to get you through this quote, blood, bloodbath that we're hearing about. But even mm. without that, it would have made you so much more profitable. But, but when the, when the times were really, really good, that the bloodbath wouldn't have mattered anyway, because you'd had money in the bank. And oh, by the way, the very first, go to the very top of that, uh, that, um, that, uh, spreadsheet or that, uh, chart of accounts. The very first one is your bank accounts. So if you, uh, if those bank accounts aren't where you expect them to be or want them to be, this will give you a constant reminder of that. Um, now, there's a couple of things you need to remember. First of all, you need to make sure that your, that your accounting system or your bookkeeping system ties to the penny to your settlement, okay? And when you get into accounting, accuracy matters, okay? If you, if you just garbage it in, then you understand what you're going to get out of that, right? 
So you have to be accurate. So your settlement has to balance the penny. Uh, same thing with your bank account. You're going to reconcile your bank, your bank statements to the penny. Okay. And you'll get good at that after a while, but that's important. Okay. Because otherwise your bookkeeping is, is off and you have to tie to those two things. That chart of accounts spreadsheet is now linked in the YouTube, uh, description and you can click on it and download it. I'll also put it in the comments. Now you can, that's an active X. Well, it doesn't really matter. There's no, there's no formula. It is just in Excel. You can obviously change that to, to suit your, you can delete the ones you don't want. If you've got some more you want to add, stick. I don't own any trailers, for example. So there's no mention in there of trailers. I, no, there is. I'm looking at it right now. There is a trailer. I made this up for one of our mentoring clients. So uh, I put things in there that I don't even use because I knew that, that he would. So, um, but if there's things in there that, that, that you need and they're not in there, obviously all you got to do is add them. But uh, the account has to have a unique number and you want things that are to together to stay together. Like go back up to fuel, Chris. Everything related, no, down, down to fuel five. Everything related to fuel has to be in fives, okay? That they need to be, they're like cousins, okay? They got to stay together. Um, so, and then, now look, I have 14 trucks for every one of these accounts. I have a, a modifier that, that identifies that to a truck. If you're a one truck operation, you don't need that. This works fine. Okay. But if you're going to use multiple trucks and you want to go to the classes list of classes and set up each of your truck or trailers, trailers are an independent or, or a separate revenue stream as well. So you get a settlement for a, for a tra for a trailer. But you want a class for each of those. I wish I could show my screen because I'd show you that, but um, I can't. But all right. So, uh, Chris, have I, did I put everybody to sleep, or is this kind of what you want to hear? Or? Well, I think it's I think it's good for them to hear um, because you know, look, I, <clears throat> I started with you in March of eighteen. And it was what last year when I came out. So for three years, I, I listened to him talk about all of this. And then I came out and spent a couple of days and watched him do the entry. And it's, it's, it's all day, right? I mean, all day Wednesday. I don't to, scare him. I got 14 trucks. It will not, right. it will not take you all day. It will take right. you probably a couple of hours at first and you'll get it down to where you can do it in a few minutes. So, <clears throat> But it's the value is we'll, we'll be having a con some random conversation and something will come up and it will pique his interest and he'll go dig into the numbers and be like, oh, well, we spent, we spent this and this and this on this and that. And, you know, but without that raw data that comes from the data entry, you know, and you're going to have to walk before you can run. Um, you're going to have to at least commit yourself to saving your receipts, scanning them and getting them into a cloud service and organizing them in a way that they're not some jumbled mess, something that you can understand. And then, um, you know, <clears throat> cause it's, if, if you miss a week, it, it's just longer to, to get it back on track. And then if you miss a couple, then you're really in trouble, you know? So you've got to commit yourself to creating the habit to save these receipts and then have them there available to you so that you can do the data entry. And that will lead you down the road to doing proper accounting. I will, I will promise you this. 
if you will start doing your own accounting, and it's not easy. Let's just use bookkeeping. Accounting scares people, okay? If you do your own bookkeeping, I promise you, you'll cut your expenses because you'll realize what you're spending money on. You'll go, this is insane, okay? Mm -hmm. And and it's just like anything else. Once you get started, it turns into a game, okay? You know, like when we, when we teach our kids to save money, you know, in a savings account. You know, then, well, how much is in it this week, Dad? Or how much, you know, it's the same thing here. You know, once you start doing this and you start seeing the benefit of it, it becomes, you know, kind of like fuel mileage, you know. It's like, well, how can I find another 10, you know. And so you, but the benefit of this is raising your awareness of where you're spending your money. Dave Ramsey calls it making every dollar behave, you know, I think mm-hmm. is what he calls that. Yeah. You're banking every dollar, making it do what's supposed to. Same thing here, you know. I mean, guys, guys, you're, you're out there uh, on the road a week. You know, it's so easy to blow through two or 300 bucks out there on the road in a week for doing nothing. Okay. And when you look and see how much money you're blowing out there and what that's costing you, and then now you can't, you know, all, all these guys, listen, you know, we, we had a thing a couple weeks ago and said, look, if, if you're, if you're in trouble right now, if you got a, if you got a, a big truck payment and you're already in trouble, you know, sell that truck now, watch worth some money and go work for somebody. Okay. Yep. Cause these guys, they just laugh that off. And, and then, and then here, here's the problem now. This, this, this over here doesn't lie. Okay. Eventually you're going to go, wait a minute. How come I have no money in the bank? How come I'm not making it? How come I can't afford to keep driving? And then the bank comes and takes your truck and, you know, all this. And, and then you start going, well, it was the, it was the, it was the rates. It's the fuel. It's the this. It's oh, the, it was the broker. The broker taking all my money. And brokers uh, screwing us to the wall. And it's none of that. It was you all along. Is you, was you, still will be you if you don't get a handle on running your business. Why do you think business? Okay, look, when you, we talk about this all the time. You buy a truck, you buy a business, okay? Every other business you go into, they've got accounting offices. Imagine that, you know? They've got a place where they do accounting, all right? So they just don't let it go and, and based on what they feel. Yet we're out here running business and, and, and have more than half. I hardly ever meet anybody that has, well, I don't meet anybody that has this, but I don't even usually meet anybody that even, ha- even has those two basic folders, income and expense, okay? So... Um, why, why are you playing like you're in business and then not doing it? Why, why are we like dressing up and playing Dolly? And, and when we, we're not doing what we're, what we say we're going to do, you know, we're in business yet. We don't have an accounting system. Can't, can't even tell you what percentage your fuel is of, of your revenue. You know, there's two things you have to have in this business. You have to know your miles per gallon. You have to know your cost per mile. That's a must. You have to know that. And if you can't figure that out, I don't know how you even find a load. How do you take a load, okay, if you don't know what it costs you to move your truck? Well, I know my, my, my truck is about, it's like a dollar and a half. Okay, well, how? What do you, what do you, what do you get paid? You know, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm, it's all bullshit. Okay, it's all just bullshit. That's all it is. Let's call it what it is. Once you get that out of the way, you can use that bullshit as fertilizer to help you learn something. <laughs> well, so I, I didn't really get after one of our guys, but I, I had to do some math, and sometimes math hurts. 
we were discussing a route that involved I-68. Everybody hates 68. I hate 68. You hate 68. It sucks, okay? And, you know, we don't have blanket rules here. We don't say, well, don't ever run the toll road, because sometimes you have to. What the blanket rule is that you do the math every time and you calculate the miles and you calculate the fuel and you calculate the tolls and then you decide. So I'm seeing this text message conversation going from Louisville to Philly, essentially. And uh, well, what, what rate are you going? Well, I was thinking about going up across 80, you know, because 68 sucks. And so the question is asked, well, how much farther is it to go 80 versus 68? Oh, I, I think it's like 20 miles. I'm like, okay. So I jump on Google and, and it took me, I don't know, seven minutes. And the reality was you still had to run toll road either way. You were either going to run 476 down from 80 or you were going to run a little piece of 276 to get to the customer. And one route was 708 miles and cost like $24 in tolls. And the other route was 780 miles and cost 40 some dollars in tolls. And it, well, it just takes so long to go across 60. I said, okay, stop. From Morgantown, West Virginia to Hancock, Maryland, it is 114 miles. At 60 miles an hour, which you could do on a flat road in Texas, that's two hours. At 50 miles an hour, it was 2.28 hours. So, and I promise you, I can average 50 miles an hour going across 68 from Morgantown to Hancock, fully loaded. Um, that was 16 minutes added to the trip. But, well, we all hate it because it feels slow. Okay. So if it only cost an extra 16 minutes uh, on a weekend load, mind you, that you got all kinds of time, you're absolutely not pressed for time. So then you can find a gear that you climb that hill in and you downshift one more gear and you climb it at half throttle. Well, guess what? Your fuel mileage is better. You didn't spend the extra money in tolls. You didn't drive the 80 miles, which hell right now, uh, 80 miles at 75 cents a mile. That ain't nothing to sneeze at. But we just go off. At, well, it feels slow. So I, I don't like taking 68 because, you know, my personal preference is more important than money. Um, But, but of course, I grew up in mountains. I grew up in West Virginia. And whatever, it's a mountain. But the number of people have been like, what do you mean I got to drive through mountains? Oh, uh, I don't like driving through Pennsylvania. <laughs> We had, we had a guy tell us that. <clears throat> we hired a guy. Where did he, didn't he live in Pennsylvania? No, Georgia. Oh, that's right. That's right. South Georgia. But <laughs> but what here's what amazes me. You know, people will come and I don't know how. I can understand if <clears throat> if all you've ever heard is, is talking on YouTube. But you come and spend a weekend, an immersive weekend where we literally spend hours talking about the principles that this business is founded on. And then you come out of that and like less than 24 hours later, well, man, I don't want, I don't want to go to Pennsylvania. Like were, were you drunk or are you just that dumb that you sat through a whole weekend of that 
And that's what you come up with. <sighs> don't, get, don't get me started. Yeah, let's not go there because we're both itching to go somewhere we don't need to go. <clears throat> True. 2,200. <laughs> so, um, so, Ronnie, I don't get the, I mean, I hope you're, I hope you're teasing about geeking out. There's, listen, first of all, I want to compliment. I love your Facebook. What do you call it? Cover photo? What do you call it, Chris? What do you call a Facebook picture? Profile? No, the picture that you that you put on Facebook that everybody sees. That like right now, be. what do you call that right there? That's profile. Okay. Well, anyway, Ronnie, I like your profile picture, by the way. Um, but uh, hey, there's no reason to geek out. It's just numbers. Okay, it's just a no. I, I think that happen. means I think that means you're in the presence of a math nerd that's loving every minute of this. Oh well, good. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Um, there mm -hmm. we go. There we yeah. go. Get the thumbs. Okay, I was good correct. Deal. Good deal. So uh, somebody else got. I like that. Beautiful. Good deal. Well, that means you're probably going. I, I as I understand it, you don't own a truck yet. You're a company driver. Is that right, Rodney? I think that is. Correct. I think I saw him. So I once he said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Because uh, yeah, once I buy a truck, OPS the first thing I'm putting on. I put Phil's comment on the screen, but I will go ahead and read it for the audio. You can literally learn more useful information from this episode than public schools teach in thirteen years. Just saying. Well, he's got he's biased. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, look, uh, there's um, there's no reason. There, first of all, there's no reason to be panicking about fuel. Okay, if you're getting six and a half, seven miles a gallon, seven for sure. Hell, if you're getting between seven and eight, you're making profit. Yeah. But if you're getting six and a half, you know, miles per gallon, and you're and you're paying attention to buying fuel, you're just not buying it somewhere because you need it. Uh, you, you th this fuel thing should not be affecting you one bit. I see you. where Ken, Ken Ken Anderson is getting he's one he's one percent off as well from last year. So I mean, come on, guys. It, the 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 news here is not the fuel price. Okay, that's you know, and, and I love these guys who go well. Intro to give us some more of their cut, by the way. So you know, because it's fuel. Well, dude, they're giving the fuel surcharge is exactly what they're doing. You know, we can really mix it up right now and tell you, tell you that mm -hmm. there is no fuel surcharge in the spot market. Okay. I can, we can get into that conversation and go to about midnight and piss a bunch of you off. There is no <laughs> such thing as fuel surcharge in the spot market. It doesn't exist. Fuel surcharge at Landstar is a built-in factor. But yeah, it's a built-in benefit. To, let me give you an example, okay, because I'm a numbers guy, all right? Mm -hmm. This year, I started keeping – before this year, I would just bring in the net revenue from the settlement to my uh, P&L, Okay. This year, I'm bringing in the to the truck numbers and then taking back out the Landstar 35% as an expense. Guess what? It ain't 35%, Chris. Is it? It's 29%. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's 29%. And the reason it's 29% is because of the fuel surcharge. Because they guarantee you that whatever the EIC is for this month, which doesn't really, really matter, but we're going to give you that at 100%. There's the benefit. Okay? So, anyway, I get excited. But listen, if, if, you, if, you're not, if you don't think that numbers are important, go back and be a company driver. Okay? Because if you're going to be in business and stay in business, 
the numbers are what keep you in business. Now, I will grant you the last couple of years, you could do anything and stay in business. But those same guys that did anything are the biggest ones bitching right now because they can't continue to do anything and continue to stay in business. Now they've got now serious. Now we've got to figure out what to do. And they're panicking because guess what? All that crazy shit they do to their trucks and all those trucks that they buy and pay $250,000 for, that's not going to work. Okay. That none of that matters. Somebody had commented about ATBS and I, I had a, when I was in Anderson, they, they came in and this lady talked and that's what that's the first time I'd ever heard about writing off the dog for a security system and all your, and all your laundry and, and all that stuff. But I, but I'm, I'm not going to hate on ATBS because you know, whatever they're doing their it's thing better than nothing. It's and it's okay. If you would put, to open up the envelope and look at what they send you. Okay. Now I still think you're better off doing it yourself yeah. because you're becoming more accurate and you'll learn from doing the numbers yourselves. But anyway, it's better so, than nothing. You know, so this comment, I quit ATBS because they use a computer to scan the originals you send in. And if it doesn't recognize what you send in, it'll just spit the receipt out and you won't get credit for it. Now, what number one, what that tells me is you were paying attention because you would send a receipt in and realize you weren't getting credit for it. Um, on the bookkeeping side, you absolutely need to be doing that yourself. You need to be doing the data entry. I want absolutely nothing to do with filing a an individual or corporate tax return. Uh, tax return that needs to go to the professional. I am more than happy to transfer that responsibility and that risk and liability to somebody else other than me. But the bookkeeping you need to be doing yourself. It's not that hard. Here's, here's an example of one thing that I did because, you know, obviously if you know my story, I had discipline issues. One of the things that, that helped. He still me, does by the way. Right. Just one of the things that helped me get, yeah. Hush. <laughs> that helped me get on the right track. I, I took a spiral notebook. Okay. And there was a page for each day. And I would write down if I went to Arby's and it was $6, I wrote that down. And if I got a truck wash, I wrote that down. It, whatever I did that day, <clears throat> excuse me, so I could go back and I could see what I did. If, you know, if I bought a Snickers bar, I wrote it down. Um, and, and at least that got me into to thinking I could look and say, okay, well, th this is deductible and that's not, and that's not, and this is. And at least you're holding, at least you're holding yourself accountable to that thing it, that if you write Arby's down 17 times this week, you probably got a roast beef problem. You need to talk to somebody about, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it's stuff like that, because like I said, you know, I mean, my gosh, back in the day I used to smoke. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't afford to live if I smoked as much as I did back then or what they're like $72 a pack now. Um, but that daily habit, you know, and then you, at least you've got something. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good with forensics and with all the data points, GPS trackers, logbooks, fuel receipts and stuff. I can go back and put, I, I can see the decisions that were made by somebody. I can watch, I can follow the trail of crumbs. Now then I've got to talk to them about their decision-making process, but I can see what the decision 
was. Uh, Ken has a taco problem. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that you need to do on a daily basis to get that going. And so that it's, it's, it's important enough to you that here's a receipt. It needs to be scanned and then you can move on to the next step. But, you know, Dave Ramsey has made a bajillion dollars off of the baby steps. There's always a step one. And the step one is fixing you and the discipline problem. Maybe I should make baby steps to accounting. Dave will sue you into oblivion. Well, how about make them trucker steps instead of baby steps? I mean, kind of. Well, as much as truck drivers whine, we should have got baby steps a long time ago. I know. Um, hey, well, while, while we've got a break, let's talk about something. Because mm-hmm. uh, everybody keeps asking. Now, the live event, July 16, 17, Saturday and Sunday, Hurricane West Virginia, the Reset the Mindset 2022 tour. We, this is what we do. We do it for two whole days, as long as you want. We will, we will tell you that we're going to stop at 5 o'clock or whatever, but if you hang in a room, we'll keep going, okay? And when we quit going there, we'll go into – we got the, the, uh, the Lunatic Lounge and the Blue, uh, and the, uh, Blue Ribbon Bar, okay? Then yeah. we can keep going there, all right? You think I'm kidding about that, but that's – this he ain't joking. literally has – uh, they named their stuff after after us, but anyway. But um, you know, if if you want to learn more about staying in business, okay. Now I will tell you this: don't come with your feelings on your sleeve because we don't really, you know, we don't sugarcoat things. All right. As Chris says, your feelings are what? How do you say, it, Chris? Your feelings or your comfort? Um, are not my concern. Are not. <laughs> so uh, you know we're we're. We, we will teach you how to stay in business if you want to learn, okay? And we'll, we can even take somebody that doesn't even have a lunatic truck, and we can probably help you with that truck as well. You know, we've got some things that, you know, that we've, we've, we've come up with now some, that will solve some of your problems. I wish we had these parts that are laying out in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> we don't have those, but... Um, but as far as it being on the website, the uh, the ID department, IT department, and upper management have to have some a couple of meetings to get that ironed out. And um, yeah, we'll we will uh, we'll I'll make a commitment that we'll have this thing up by the weekend. Okay, so um, and look, it, you don't have to if you want to come to the to the just send me an email. All right, and I'll get you on the list. We'll take care of the money. That's not a big deal. If you if you want to get on the list, send me an email. All right, and then once we get the thing on the on the website, I'll let you know, and you can go register there. But uh, but just let me know if you want to come. Um, so uh, Rocky just popped in the chat. Now he is he coming? Going to do some. Rocky is coming. Rocky's okay. going to be. He's going to do a presentation on on alignment and 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 tire wear and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's also going to, uh, be doing alignments in the parking lot, um, for two or three of the days. I think he's going to come up on Thursday, I think, and work Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I think that's right. I don't, don't hold me to that, but he will definitely be there. Now you can't show up and expect to get an alignment. You have to register in advance and you have to tell me that you're there to get an alignment and then we'll hold yours because we're only going to be able to do probably two or three a day at the most. Okay. So, um, 
is Carl. Carl will be there. Okay. Well, oh, Carl, man. if he, we have to handcuff Carl sometimes and bring him over there, but he'll be there. I promise you. So, so y'all yeah, of you guys that want to meet Carl and think he's just a figment of our imagination, you'll literally lay, lay eyes on him. So, I'm going to have uh, Richie do a presentation on social media engagement. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that for him when he listens later. <clears throat> But, um, so now, um, another thing is I, I need to do this. You guys, uh, you OPS supplies. Now that you've all got the OPS from us, uh, we've got your lab kits. We've got your filters. Uh, they're on the website. So give us a call. Um, we'll keep you supplied. Um, we also have the max mileage in hurricane West Virginia, so we can ship it to you. Or if you've already using it and you're going to be, if you come through there, give us a shout so Chris can meet you and refill your jug and save you some money. Okay. We've got it in five gallon jugs there, so we can save you a few bucks. Um, what else, Chris? Um, I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of talk about something here. It's been in the news a little bit lately. Speed mm. limit. Let's talk about speed limiters. Mm. Well, that'd be a juicy topic. I'm going to let you talk and then I'm going to talk about it from an accounting standpoint. Okay. <clears throat> Well, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think they're going to try, um, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, obviously, we, we we know, for those of us that drove before, let's see, Levi was born in 2000. So before 2009 or 2010, when you still had a bunch of states like Ohio that had split speed limits, I guess California still does. Um, the, sh- the counties around <clears throat> Chicago. But you could you could you could plot it on a map. The states that had the split speed limits had the highest crash rating or crash uh, incident between um, cars and trucks. Uh, just 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 write it down. You know. Now, of course, if they do pass it, this will be another thing where there will be a bad outcome caused by the state that they will never ever in a million years take credit for. Um. <clears throat> But, you know, it, it, look at it like the ELD mandate. Let's say they get it through, okay? Well, what the ELD mandate really did, obviously it did nothing for safety. It probably made safety worse. But what it did do was take a bunch of lanes that used to be a one-day lane and turn it into a two-day lane. Um, and what did that do? Well, that was the beginning of the uptick in the market because all of a sudden, um, people that had been violently breaking the law since 1935 um, and running two logbooks, I did it. Um, and they would they would do a 700 turn, a 700 mile turn over 800 mile turn over overnight. Uh, they could no longer do that, and so they went to their customers and said, "Hey." Um, yeah, so that that one day run that's that's a two day run now. Pay me, and it screwed everything up, and it it, it unbalanced uh, volume and capacity, and it drove the rates up. Um, if for some reason they are able to get this speed limiter passed, um, of course they better do it for November. <laughs> um, um, it's just going to drive rates up because it's going to put another wrench in the works. That's going to unbalance volume and capacity. So hell, maybe we ought to have them do it. Um, 
But <clears throat> we're talking <clears throat> we're talking in the big picture. We're talking about an average of five miles per hour. You know, because here's here's the problem with with uh, Billy Big Rigger. Maybe. <clears throat> well, here's the problem with Billy Big Rigger. Okay. You get me in a truck that's capable of running 85 miles an hour, right? Almost every, I don't, I don't know if I've ever driven one of our trucks that was governed. So every one of them was wide open and I drive for fuel mileage. I'm driving 60 to 65 and I'm averaging in my trip, 60 miles an hour. And then Billy Big Rigger, he sucks the paint off of me as he goes by and passes me seven times a day. Right. Um, <clears throat> He's not getting there any faster than I am. So, um, because you just can't maintain 75 miles an hour. Maybe if you're in Arizona, New Mexico, but if you're running the East Coast and you've got a wide open truck, I promise you, you're not averaging five more five miles an hour more than I am. You're just not doing it. So, I, I you know, it's just no one of those things I refuse to be distracted by. So, go ahead. Well, first of all, let me make it perfectly clear. I'm I'm, a, I'm against it because I'm against any kind of government regulation. Okay, so I mean, let's just make sure we're good here. I I don't think we 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 don't need the government to help us fix these problems. All right, but with that being said, I'm make it perfectly clear. I'm not for this for that reason. But let me say this to you, okay? And again, I'm gonna piss a bunch of you off. But if they pass this, a bunch of y'all would stay in business through this bloodbath. Because every mile an hour over whatever is one-tenth of a mile per gallon. Mm -hmm. And all of you already aren't paying attention to your fuel mileage. So this would force you to get decent fuel mileage and it might keep you in business. So why don't we just do it ourselves, okay? You know, listen, we'd run 14 trucks. We do $10,000 a week typically per truck, all right? We don't have to drive 75 miles an hour to make it happen, all right? We do all of our trip planning on 55 to 60 miles an hour. All right. So just, just if everybody would have quit cheating on the logs, there wouldn't be an ELD. If everybody wouldn't be driving trucks 85 miles an hour down the road, then we wouldn't have to have the speed limiter. But the speed limiter would do this. It would keep a bunch of you in business. All right. Because you don't have the discipline to do it yourself. So Uncle Sam's going to go, you know what? I'll fix this problem for you. You know, um, live event. The hotel is a Wingate by Wyndham in Hurricane. Uh, the rate is 109 a night. Tell them you're going to be coming for the live event. Um, and um, also, uh, we've got a couple of trucks. We still could put drivers in. If anybody's interested in getting into the program and learning this, you know, from the ground up. Especially if you guys are driving trucks right now that ought not be, you know, that, that are not going to make it through this, this, uh, I can't, I hate the word bloodbath. Can we come up with something better than that? You know, I just hate that word, but, um, uh, whatever this thing you're going to call it, uh, I mean, we can, we can help two of you, uh, right now. Sell your trucks, come, we'll, we'll reprogram you to do this the right way. And then when on the other side of this bloodbath, when things all normalize and trucks are half what they are now, and by that time you'll have saved enough money to buy cash for a truck, and you could do this thing the right way with the right cost and the right operating expenses and knowing your numbers, and the next bloodbath won't put you out of business. 
And then once you get them, listen, if you can pay cash for a $175,000 truck, by all means, go do it. But if you can't, don't. Because you're just raising, your customer does not give a shit about what truck you buy, you drive. Nope. Okay. All you're doing is raising your cost of doing business. That's all you're doing. And after all, if you're in business to make to be in business, that's a big deal. Now, if you're just here to look good and impress other people that you don't like anyway, then knock yourself out. But that's not what we're about here. Uh, so what did it say there? I, I got something from John. Uh, John, you have got a place in, in the uh, hell for you at the, uh, at the live event. And, uh, and like anybody else, send me an email and we'll get you on the list. And if I get my IT guy straightened out this week, we'll get it on the website where you guys can actually register. But um, just as soon as the IT guy receives all of the information and data, it will be on the website. I think, he, I think he's blaming that on me. I've, I've got a half finished page. I mean, I can hit, I can hit published and, it, and it'll be live in seconds. It's just not done. So did you get the link to the hotel fixed? Uh, I don't think I need one. Uh, yeah, you do. Well, we need, that's one of those things we need a meeting about. <sighs> Landstar won't take you in a way of OTR experience. Hmm. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Listen, I, this experience, there's been a lot of people that I really wanted to hire. I know. And couldn't. <clears throat> and we deal with it every day, Rodney. Um, unfortunately. All righty. Well, um, well, we've been an hour and 13 yeah. minutes. Um, I think we've, I think we Believe made this, uh, made our point here. So, um, we are going to have, like I say, on Saturday night at the event, we are going to have an in-depth. Rodney, you'll geek out there. Uh, we're going to get in. We're going to get in the weeds on this. So, um, if you guys want to come and have your, um, have your. Oh, somebody asked me a question they want to answer tonight, and I bet that's what we're getting right now. Engine, tire, brand, air pressure, rear end cow. I told the guy if he would call in or type in, we'd answer these questions. BlueRibbonLogistics.com/slash/truck. It's all that will, there. That will answer every one of those questions. So that'll answer a bunch of them. Um, you know, especially engine, tire, air pressure in, you know, we run, somebody asked about our experience with the catalyst and it's been, uh, it's been positive all the way around. So, um, not much else to really say about it other than, than we like it. Um, Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, again, we got some EGR trucks that uh, once we get the EGRs replaced or cleaned out, we'll run the catalyst to, to keep the soot from building up again. So uh, was, we got an 06 truck that was a, it was a, uh, it was a trucker's truck. All right. And now Richie drives it and he just, he thinks it's a different truck since he started using the catalyst. Mm -hmm. So, um. And we got, I've told you about the 2016 Cascadia we've got. And since we did the diesel force cleaning on it and got it all squared away, we don't have all these region, you know, when we got it, it was having all these region problems and sensors and, and that's, that goes away. I mean, we don't, we haven't had that. So, and that's, we had a team in that truck. So it gets a lot of miles. Williams offered to name the threshing. The threshing. 
uh, or maybe maybe the reaping for the Hunger Games fans out there. I like the ass whooping better. <laughs> That's what I like. Well, re, the reality check, you know, the correction. I like that one. The correct because. You know, that that's the one thing that stays the same. Mar- the, mar- mar- the market correction. We're gonna the market will correct itself. That's y'all good. just just keep screwing with it and yeah. just you know, and <clears throat> that's what it's it, gonna be. We're gonna use market correction, bloodbath. I like that. Market correction. The correction. I like that. Bought your lunatic truck with all lunatic specs except the rear ratio, but having good luck tires are now. What is your rear ratio? Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. He well, he owns Wendy's. Start, mm-hmm. Well, I think he's dead now, but I think he started Wendy's. Yeah. Dave, what rear end ratio do you have? 379. Well, not horrible. No, it's not it's, terrible. I mean. 10 speed or 13 speed? Radio silence. What, uh, what, <laughs> What is your RPMs at 60 miles an hour, Dave? Can you tell us that? I would say I'm going to guess about 1650. No, 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 no. Surely not. At 379? Well, probably no, 15, no, no. probably 1500. 15s, I would say. Yeah, probably 1500. Um, there yeah, you go. Nailed it. 1500. Yeah. It's a little high. It's a little high. You're going to. You, know, you probably need to be about 1325, 1350 on that truck to be in the sweet spot and the best fuel mileage. But, um, slow, I down. Wish, slow down. That's, that'll help you. Slow down. I wish Michelin made that Linux Energy in that 455. Um, no, that, now that you're, you're going to buy tires and you might consider that. Uh, you might go to now. I don't like the tire because it's 120 rollers instead of, instead of 87. But it still might be in your bed. We, we could do the numbers on that, Dave. You might could get, um, you might could get the 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 line energy, the line grip D's because they're one inch bigger around, and that one inch would help you with your with your uh, rear end ratio. Well, he says he's getting six six two with junk tires, so he puts a good tire on there. He might get a seven. So let's do the math on that, Dave. Okay, <clears throat> we'll do yeah. the math on that and and see what uh, what the four-year, five-year cost would be by using grips and see what it looks like. Yeah. If, if fuel is going to stay at $6 a gallon, you might you might consider doing it. It's going to cost, what we say, Chris, is it 4000 or $6,000 to do a rear end swap? Ring or um, About six. Yeah. How does that math work? <clears throat> well, you, Rodney, you have to know two of these three. You have to know the uh, final drive ratio of the transmission the the i'm not saying it right the 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 top yeah. gear the top gear final final, drive, final ratio you got to have the rear end ratio and you either got to have the circumference not the you know the circumference the outside diameter of the tires and then you either have to know the speed or the rpms if, if you have any of uh, if you have three of any of those you can find the other ones so what we want to, to be for a lunatic truck with a Detroit 12, 7, or 14 is about 1350 RPM at 60 miles an hour. And, um, and if, uh, if it's lower than that, then you got to drive the truck a little faster. If it's higher than that, you got to drive the truck a little slower, obviously. The optimum 
you know, uh, the, the bunch of the Schneider gliders, uh, Schneider trucks in general, um, from the, the late 2000s. If you find it, if it, if it's orange and it's 06 or 07, it's going to have a direct drive transmission and 264s. Um, that's the best possible setup because then you're not in overdrive. Overdrive robs horsepower. So if you, if you've got, you know, an overdrive or a double overdrive, just changing the gear ratio could even make it worse because you, just because you think you're lowering the RPMs, well, you're still in overdrive. You're still losing power in overdrive. So if the fuel was to stay like this for a year, you could justify the cost of moving to a direct drive transmission and 264s and it would pay itself back pretty quick. Yeah. See, Dave, you're in a, you're in a 50 mile an hour truck. Um, yeah, we, 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 we need to work with you. You're, you're going to lose a lot of money over the course of the life of that truck. Cause you're giving up, you're giving up a full probably mile, mile and a half a gallon. Um, yeah, you, yeah. We, we could fix that. I mean, I mean, it's going to be an investment. Either way, if we if the if we if the tires will fix it, we're going to give up some fuel mileage with those grips. But if but does does Goodyear make a, a fifty five, Chris? I don't know. I have to look into that. We, we'll do some research on that. Dave. You're you're looking for forty point one or forty one point one, right? The bigger one, bigger the better with that three seventy nine. Yeah. So uh, forty forty point one is normal. Uh, but you're going to need a, you're going to need more all we can get because, uh, we got to overcome that, uh, that rear end ratio. So, or like I say, maybe try, listen, there's probably a bunch of you stuff out there. Uh, maybe try to find a, you probably need, um, I'm guessing that 10 speed, maybe three fifty eights. Yeah. You know, probably what you need three, three thirty eights, maybe. Well, we've got, we've got three forty twos in Richie's truck. Yeah. But that, I don't like three forty twos. That's three fifty eights in three forty twos makes it a 65 mile an hour truck still. And we want that to be a 62 mile an hour truck. So, um, we'll we can work on it, Dave. We can work on it. Um, Yeah, the the you're getting some other experts here. Phil and Rocky both uh, are recommending that you change the differentials out. I don't know that I don't disagree. I, that I, I wouldn't. What I'm trying to say, I I agree. Well, you're you're looking about. I think we paid twenty five hundred bucks with the exchange for the power divider, and then I think it was about twenty two hundred dollars for the rear. So you're looking about five grand, and then. You know, if you had Carl do it, you're, you're probably looking six to $6,500 to change the, uh, change the gears. So, <clears throat> all right, well, we've gotten off subject. Here, yeah. So. Guys, uh, <clears throat> be safe this week. We'll uh, see you next weekend and, um, weekend Memorial day. Does that need change our schedule? World Day, yes, I think it does. Let me look at the calendar. I think we did decide we're not going to do it on Sunday. So we do have it on Monday. No, 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 no. It's still on. What do you want to do? Let's just announce it now, though, so everybody knows. Uh, well, I might have to check with headquarters, but I don't. I don't know of anything. I don't. Let's do it. Anything. Let's make a decision. Let's make it Monday night. Everybody be going back to work. I hear. I hear orders from headquarters. What'd you say? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm clear on Sunday. Let's make it Monday. Okay. People are going to be out doing shit. Next week, Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, okay? So, so let y'all, it be enjoy, y'all enjoy next weekend. Take the time off with your family. We'll do this on Monday night after you get back, getting ready to go again. So, All right. Everybody have a good week. Be safe. Don't forget OPS stuff, okay? We got it. Got it in stock, all right? Um, if you know anybody that needs this program, we got a couple of seats we don't usually have. Yep. Now's Get them the in time. here. Now's the time. Okay. And then, um, if you got one of those big ass expensive trucks, you can't afford to sell it and come here. All right, guys. Good night. Okay. See you next week. See you. Thanks.